This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bustin' Loose Baseball, hosted by Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer, gives you in-depth analytics and interviews on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Now, here's your host, Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer. This is episode 89 of Bustin' Loose Baseball. Time to hand out some report cards. I'm Grant Paulson, joined as always by my pal Toby Altai. Toby, what's up? It's crazy. The season's already done for the Nationals. It's fun to watch some postseason baseball, but it's just you're missing something when your team's not in it. So hopefully they can be back in it soon and we can be living and dying on every single pitch like all the other fans are at this yeah, point. Yeah, I'm thinking about that as I'm watching these games, bro, and you, you see – the energy in the ballpark, other than, you know, at the Trop in Tampa to start the uh, wild card round, I guess, where nobody showed up. But, you know, it's 40 plus thousand and people are going nuts and two strikes. Everyone's on their feet. It's just a great reminder of how fun 2019 was. I was walking in the Navy Yard near the ballpark right outside of Centerfield Gate uh, today. And, you know, with that kind of chilly, almost like autumn air, it just it felt like a playoff kind of vibe. And I'm like, man, wouldn't it be amazing if I was headed over to this ballpark today? For a playoff game. So I long for those days. Hopefully they're not too far away. Uh, ideally, I mean, realistically, probably two Octobers from now, two years from now. You know, the Nationals could be back in the playoffs as a, as a realistic and also you know optimistic expectation. But, uh, man, do I miss it? It's, it's been longer than it feels like, right? I mean, we, we're 2019 four years ago now. It's not like it's only been a year or two. Yeah, I mean, it just still feels like it was yesterday, but it, it has been a little bit of time now. But we talked about this when it was 106.7, the fan night. It was a little bit of a chill in the air walking over to the ballpark. And you'd mentioned it felt like October baseball once again. Yeah. And then it just wasn't the same because you just don't have the fully sold out crowd and the rally towels and all that. So hopefully, hopefully soon Nationals Park can be packed again because there's nothing like it. There's nothing like postseason baseball. All right, so we're giving out report cards. I think we can kind of start front office coaching staff and work our way down. We'll go hitters and pitchers and kind of break this into three categories. But uh, we should begin at the top with President Mike Rizzo. Uh, obviously, the team finished in last place in the division, 20 games under 571 and 91. So if you want to do a Ricky Bobby bit, your first or your last, or just look at the, the results, you, know, you can grade him accordingly, however anybody wants to. For me, I think what we should do, though, is based on – our expectations going into the year for every single person. And, and in the case of Rizzo, I, I did not think necessarily that the team would be 71 and 91. 
And he struck gold with Candelario in a way that hasn't happened in a while. Even the Trevor Williams edition, I would say, worked out about as well as they would have wanted in terms of him eating innings and throwing every five days and staying healthy and serving a purpose. Uh, he was not given money to spend really at all at the major league level. You can make the case that you know, the Dominic Smith, Smith move didn't work out that well if you thought he was going to hit for more power. Uh, he had 11 home runs last year and 12 this year. I didn't. I kind of think that's what Dominic Smith has always been, was a defensive-minded first baseman. That's what he was when he was drafted in the first round. So because of you know the fact that the team was a lot better, they made major strides at the major league level, and the system completely uh, grew by leaps and bounds. You know, post-Soto deal, you know, the, the haul they got back with a Gore and Abrams at the major league level, and specifically James Wood in the minor leagues. Um, the, the the continuation of the turning around of the, of the the minor league system with a lot of the other trades they've made and the contributions they got from guys that they acquired via deal recently, like Lane Thomas and Riley Adams, and we could go on and on. I give Rizzo a, a B for this season, right? I mean, you know, there are certainly things that could have been better that they they uh, could have gotten more out of uh, some of the guys they brought in in the off season, or maybe I would have traded one or two more guys at the deadline. You know, it's hard to give an A when your team is 20 under 500, but I think this was an above average, very successful, solid year for him, and it's why he got an extension. So I'll go B. What do you got? Yeah, I think a B is about the right because, you know, with Dominic Smith, maybe he didn't reach the expectations, but he was solid defensively. Jamer Candelario, I think, is obviously something that he can hang his hat on, bringing a guy in like that that you didn't have super high expectations for and some publications even listed him as the Nationals MVP for the season, and he was traded at the deadline. So that's a credit to how well he played in the 99 games he was with the Curly Ws. So that's a credit to Rizzo and making that move. But you also have to remember Corey Dickerson was a move, I think, trying the same sort of thing, maybe an older veteran bat that could show something you could trade. And ultimately, that didn't work out. But I'll give him a B because you know there were limitations. And I think if you look through the roster, there was a clear plan. There was a clear vision and they stuck with it. You know, Cabert Ruiz played 136 games. Luis Garcia got 122. CJ Abrams, 151. Lane Thomas, 156. Joey Manessis, 154. The guys that look like they'll be a part of this organization for at least the next couple of seasons and possibly the long haul, they played almost every single day. And that was the plan. Corey Dickerson was a guy that was taking at bats away from Stone Garrett. And when they realized they wouldn't be able to deal him at the deadline, they said, adios, we're going to give Stone Garrett every day at bats. And he would have been much higher than his 89 games played if he wouldn't have gotten hurt, you know, going into the last month of the season. So I think they had a clear vision. They stuck with it. So it's a credit to that. Maybe some of the moves you could critique. But I think overall, when you look at, like you said, the expectations, how handcuffed he was in the offseason, not being able to spend as much as he'd probably like. I think overall this has been a good season, and then you throw in what happened in the minor league system, and I wouldn't be miffed if someone gave him an A just by how much the minor league system leaped and bounded, like you said. Yeah, if I had to go one direction or the other, I would go A over C. You know what I'm saying? Like 100%. It was, it was a, when I was in high school, we're slightly different in age. You're about 10 years or so behind me, but it was 94 to 100 was an A. Like what was, what was an A? Yeah, for 94. 94 okay. to 100. So some somebody some people do like the 91 to 100 and or 90, you know, they do it by tens. But I guess my point in saying that is like I give him a B and it was probably like a 92, not an 87. You know what I'm saying? Like he was closer to an A. I think the way the system turned around, I've been adamant all season. I think, uh, look, 
everybody wants to always talk about, and it's on the table and it's fair. The the, the ten thousand foot view of the draft has been abysmal for a long time. The the development has been bad for a long time, and that's all part of the resume, just like the great trades and some of the other things that he's done and the World Series championship and the Scherzer contract and and a lot of the things Rizzo's done really well. If we're looking at just this year, though, just specifically this season, you look at the early returns on this draft class from guys like Pinckney and Morales and Dylan Cruz. You look at the, the progression of the system that you just kind of outlined with a lot of these trades, including what hers did after they brought him over for Candelario. Uh, where the system is now compared to a calendar year ago. Uh, just this baseball season, I, I think you're really hard-pressed to not feel really good about uh, the job that Rizzo did. So yeah, yeah, high marks from me. That's why, you know, and I don't love giving credit to guys for drafting people that are obvious, that me and you could have drafted. Like Dylan Cruz, that's a credit to Rizzo for getting that. But at the same point, me and you would have made that pick. It's the True. guys like the Pinkneys. It's the guys like the Yo-Yo Morales. We'll see with Sakura. It's the Dalen Lyles, the Trey Lipscombs that are taking big steps forward. That's where I think general managers, front offices, player development guys can really flex their muscles. And for the Nationals to have those guys this season, Jacob Youngs of the world, you know, those guys, Jake Irvins, those kinds of guys stepping up and playing well, I think that's where you see it most. You know, the C.J. Abrams, James Wood deal, obviously, with Juan Soto, that's kind of last season. But James Wood was a top prospect. C.J. Abrams was a top prospect. Mackenzie Gore was a top prospect. Credit to him for getting those guys. But, you know, I'm not going to say, like, we would have wanted those guys in a deal as well. I like when you see the guys that are under the radar that we wouldn't know about, that they had to go digging for and they found and they've developed. That's where I think you really see it. And we've seen that this year for the Nationals, and that's why I would give him a high grade. How about Lane Thomas, who had not mm -hmm. been able to hit at the big league level at all, and they flipped you know, John Lester for, right? I mean, th those types of trades, I think you're right, to your point. Um, th those are the most impressive and, and the more impressive of them. Um, so Rizzo, high marks here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, how about next in line we go Davey Martinez? I feel like you got to give him an A. Now, I, I don't think with the record, maybe you could argue that he shouldn't get an A, but I think with the ball club that he was given, compared to expectations of last season, I mean, they jumped up, what was it, 15 games from last year? And I think you saw improvement all throughout the ball club. Obviously, the young guys stepped up, but just better baseball overall. Defensively, they were better, having better plate discipline at the plate, putting together better at-bats, just being more consistent on a day-to-day -day basis. I think you got to give Davey an A. Now, if you want to get into his managerial decisions, in-game decisions, I think you can question some of those things still. That's something that I'm still not a huge fan of his for. But this year, there were times when I was like, all right, he could have chosen this reliever or that reliever. It would have been the same result. It's not that big of a deal. So I think this season was more so about the clubhouse culture and developing winning habits. And I think he did a good job of that this year. So I'll give him an A. I'm going to go B, and I'm just kind of riding with, and I, I hate the argument that I'm about to make, but it's just hard for me to give A's 
with the season that was had, if that makes sense. Now, we are basing this on our expectations, right? My expectations were that they would be about, I don't know, 10, 7, 8 games worse than they were. So they exceeded my expectations. So I'm going above average with my grade. There's still a lot of quirky little things I don't really understand in terms of bullpen usage and times where guys throw three days in a row or four out of five. And I think he sometimes can burn out some arms. And it's easier said than done sitting at home managing as a fat guy on my couch now because there's so many rules with all these relievers. And I don't mean literally rules as much as the figurative, like don't throw this guy two days in a row, but this guy can only face this number of people and this many times to the order. So I get that it's gotten difficult, but I, I think he did a good job. I'm giving him a B. I stopped short of an A. I will tell you this was Davey's second best season to 2019, far and away. And really, if you take out the stretch in 2019 when they were 19 and 31 to the World Series, you know, it's mostly been really ugly in terms of win-loss. And this was kind of the best of Martinez. It, it's the ability, as we've talked about on this podcast, to, to get the most out of guys and to kind of have them fight and scratch and claw. And we saw that to the final day of the season with nothing to play for, down several runs. Like, they go out and they win a lopsided uh, score, turn it around, and they win a game where both teams score 10-plus runs, right? I mean, up in double digits. Like, it was nuts. So I, I think that they like him in that clubhouse. They respect him. They play hard for him, his extension because of all of that. Uh, again, if you're just looking at this season, was earned and warranted. Uh, and I think if, if you're someone listening who's a little skeptical or dubious, you go, wait a second. This team just went 71 and 91, and you guys are giving both of them B grades. Again, th this is not based on a scale of, like, you woke up on the day before the season with no context and just watched a baseball season. I think that the realistic and fair way to do this is like, what do you want me to give? I'll give ownership an F. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you, you got to spend money to win. You, you got to have the resources. They don't have that. The plan this year was not to win. And it, it essentially, it's like you, um, you know, you watch one of these cooking shows uh, where you, you get ingredients and and you have like 10 minutes to make a meal. I'm grading on the curve of you didn't get all the ingredients and you had like four minutes to put something together and I'm eating a sandwich that tastes okay. Uh, so that having been said, I'll give him a B as well. Uh, let's also real quick hit the staff collectively. So rather than going one by one here in the interest of time, uh, let, let's just do pitching coach, hitting coach. I mean, how do you grade out a, uh, you know Tim Bogar as a bench coach or whatever? It's hard to do. But uh, let's go Coles hitting coach and um, Hickey pitching coach. Uh, your thoughts, anything there that stands out from a grade standpoint? Yeah, I don't really know. You know, it's so interesting with the dynamic because whenever a guy gets going, is it the hitting coach? When a guy goes through a slump, is it the hitting coach? Who knows? So, you know, I think overall, I, I'm not going to grade these guys nearly as high because the results weren't always as good. They were guys that had really good stretches, but there were also guys and sometimes those same guys that had really bad stretches. We've seen you know, just even the young guys have really good hitting stretches and then they'll go a month and it's just a slow stretch. So I think they're more so have to be graded on the results as opposed to what Davey is. And that's why I gave him an A. But I think you have to look at these guys with the results. So I'll give them a, probably a C, honestly, because there were stretches where some of the young hitters would go through just some slumps that you would like to see them avoid. At the same point, there were some times when they get them going. And then Hickey, I didn't love the fact that you know, Mackenzie Gore goes on MLB Network and it kind of got blown out of proportion a little bit. But his words are basically like, hey, man, he doesn't bother us with the analytics and stuff. It's like, well, I, I want you to at least 
throw in some analytics. So I'm not a huge fan of that with the pitching staff because I think there are some things to be gleaned. I think there's an understanding that maybe you can go overboard with it and you know, you're not walking out for a mound visit saying, hey, your spin rate's down, figure it out. Like just little things and like that, okay, I can understand, but I would like a little more up-to-date approach. So I'll give them a C overall because I think there is some room for growth and I wasn't thrilled with it. But at the same point, you know, they weren't given the best tools in a lot of situations. Yeah, it. it I agree with you when you said it's complicated. I, I come into this, I will say, not a big Jim Hickey guy. Um, I, I, I'm a believer in analytics. It seems to me like that's not his bag. Um, maybe I'm judging a book by his cover, but I believe that, you know, the, the way forward here should be to go to one of the great colleges in the country or to go to like Wake Forest where they've got one of these awesome labs and, and basically pick a, you know, a pitching scientist and ha- have him be your pitching coach more than some, you know, longtime lifer pitcher, minors or majors who, you know, but used to throw and is, is now, you know, 20 years in as a pitching coach. Like that's not who I would be hiring or what I want. Uh, I'd imagine with some young pitchers like Jake Irvin and Josiah Gray who are analytically minded, you may butt heads a little bit. I mean, so I come at it and I'm trying not to confirm my priors here. I guess I would go C minus or D plus maybe for Jim Hickey. And my thinking on that would be, did Josiah Gray make a huge leap this year? His ERA is a lot better. But, you know, you look at all of the peripheral numbers and everything that we've talked about underlying, and we'll get into this in more detail when we talk about JoJo. But I, I would say he definitely made strides for sure. But I'm not sure that it was like this massive jump forward that I wanted it to be. Mackenzie Gore, to me, at the beginning of the year and at the end of the year, was kind of the same guy, which is not to say I'm not high on Mackenzie Gore. I love Mackenzie Gore. I think he'd be an awesome number two and, you know, the top pitcher in this rotation next year. But like from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, was JoJo better? Did he like? Did, did he make a? Did he keep building and jump forward? No, he was kind of still. Tr- he was actually trying to get back to where he was at the start of the year. I mean, Gore, I would say, was kind of similar. He cut down on some of the walks a little bit, but for the most part, you're still looking for some of the same consistency things with, with young pitchers. And I'm not expecting to make filet mignon at a hamburger helper. You know, a guy like Thaddeus Ward's not going to go out and shove, but like. Of those young guys, how many of them from the beginning of the season to the end of the season like were way different or, or were way improved? Maybe Irvin is a good example, I guess, of like a guy that really improved. But I don't know. Again, I could just be confirming my priors because Hickey's not really my style. Um, Coles, the hitting coach, I actually find to have done a good job. And I would have said the same thing probably coming in about him, honestly. Like, I want some super analytically minded dude out of a lab who's all about swing path and, you know, put, hitting the ball in the air and launch angle and all this stuff. And I don't know if that's Darnell Coles or not, but uh, this is a team that had a 254 team batting average. Batting average doesn't really matter to me at all from a, like, a statistical player standpoint. Having said that, like, it, it's, it's hard to judge him for the fact that they don't hit home runs. They don't have guys with power. It's hard to hit, judge him for the guy that they don't walk much. They don't have guys who walk. Um, one thing I would say that you can kind of judge a hitting coach on is, is approach or ability to make contact and put the ball in play. And, and I, that's why I referenced the batting average being just outside of the top 10 among 30 teams. I think they did some good things. So I give him maybe more credit uh, for the results or, or I guess, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed, I, I grade him better. So I'll give him a C maybe, and I'll give Hickey a D plus. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's about right. And if you if I had to choose, I wouldn't go as far down on Hickey, but I think it'd be like a C minus, and then Cole's a C plus. Again, I think they have to be judged more on results. And again, it's difficult when you're looking at a team that the roster's not very good. So you know, maybe we're being a little harsh here, but at the same point. You just want to see clear improvement from guys, and we didn't necessarily see that with some of the pitchers. You know, I think that there's still promise for a lot of the guys, but it's not like, you know, you have something that just clicks, and you're like, oh, yeah, that was Jim Hickey working on that. Maybe you want to look at JoJo tweaking his delivery or his wind-up at the end of the year. I don't know, but either way, I don't think it was necessarily the best year, but it wasn't also the worst year for those guys. Totally. And one other thing I'd say about the pitching, right, is – you know, you had three of your young guys in the rotation. Uh, in the case of Gray, a three nine one ERA, his FIP was actually four nine. Gore at a four four, his FIP was four eight, and Irvin at a four six, his FIP was five three. But you had three guys with, you know, making a lot of outings who had ERAs in Gray's case sub four, and the other two guys' case in the four sub five. Um, Gore, I think, is is better than his you know numbers, and I'm not blaming Hickey for that, but like. To me, you didn't get the most out of Mackenzie Gore. Um, I don't know if you got the most out of Josiah Gray, who's fielding independent pitching was almost five. Um, maybe you did with Jake Irvin. I'm not sure, although his fit was 5.3. So uh, we'll see as we go with uh, w- you know what they decide to do as a staff. But I will also just provide this caveat. right? I think those are the hardest guys to grade because we don't really know, A, what they're doing, how influential and – they are in, in terms of what they their actual roles are. But also, I think it's impossible to know. Like, I, I've asked so many players over the years, so many coaches over the years about the importance of, of hitting and pitching coaches at the major league level. And you get different answers from everybody. Some will say it's pertinent. Some will say, you know, if they weren't there, then it wouldn't change much for veterans. Like, so it, it's just a hard thing to, to grasp. 